And welcome back to the 11th episode of a Yeah Guys podcast. I am your host, Aram, and I am joined with Tony Parker and Josh, the usual gang. Um, here, we're going to just uh, recap the action uh, this past week and go over uh, some of this week's uh, football games in the college football and NFL world. Uh, we'll start with week four of the college football season. Josh, I kind of want to start it off with you. Uh, Clemson was in a, a very good game with Wake Forest, so I'll kind of just let you... Uh, talk about it, recap it, and just give your overall thoughts on the game. Yeah, this game was an absolute nail-biter. Heart rate spiked there in, like, the, the second uh, overtime. It was a crazy uh, back-and-forth game. Wake and Wake is honestly a really good team, I think. Uh, there were some Clemson fans that thought that we would show up and just steamroll them because, you know, we do have a good history against them, but I was not very confident in that one at all and uh, it turned out to be a really good game uh i saw a lot of neutral fans who who really hyped it up and said it quite possibly is game of the year this far um i think the clemson defense was missing a few key pieces in the secondary which was very evident uh but they were also matched up against quite possibly one of the best receiving cores in the acc so it was a it was a rough game to be down uh, some of your better players, at least in the secondary. Um, but on the offensive side, uh, DJ had quite possibly his best game since the Notre Dame game, his freshman year. Uh, I think there was always questions, you know, if if the defense couldn't, you know, get stops or if it ever turned into a shootout, could, could DJ get you there, you know? And uh, he did. He really – he performed really well. He had one crazy circus play where he's literally in the pocket and the defender has his leg and his leg is, his left leg is in the air. And while it's in the air, he just right foot planted, just throws it in the end zone. Um, so DJ definitely stepped up big for us. And a cool little fun fact, I think through the first four games, uh, it's the Clemson's offense has the most points scored in school history through four games, not including, I think like, somewhere like 1900 or something like that or it's it's been a while so the offense is actually off to a a really good start uh which is a great turnaround from the the struggles they had last year yeah i mean just watching the game it was just uh shot after shot um at least until the end of regulation for for wake forest when i thought they kind of took their foot off the the pedal a little, little bit there and didn't take as many shots as i thought they would on that uh, drive before overtime, but Clemson really just kind of took advantage of that, got the stop, and just uh, scored a couple points there, a couple touchdowns in overtime to to win the game. So good for them uh, on the road. Tony, did you ever get a chance to watch this one? Do you have any thoughts on it? It was uh, quite the quite the good game. I think Josh summed it up really great. But yeah, I mean, this uh, lived up to every uh, I guess hype that it kind of deserved. I guess we we kind of talked about uh, how you know Wake Forest could definitely make this game interesting. Uh, Sam Hartman had probably uh, one of the best games of his career for Wake Forest. Um, it, so it seemed like a really good quarterback battle back and forth. Josh mentioned uh, Clemson having a, just a fantastic um, performance offensively. And then, yeah, they were just able to get uh, those clutch plays in, uh, in double overtime and kind of escape, I guess, if you will, with a, with a really big win on the road that I think a lot of people will um, remember for a while. 
Well, uh, we weren't able to get the spread correct, but it was uh, still a fun game and uh, good for you, Josh, to watch your team uh, win like that on the road in overtime. So uh, kind of moving on to that, uh, the, the couple of games in that uh, uh, Saturday, we saw Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State win their respective games, kind of uh, single-handedly just uh, killed them. <laughs> Ohio State 52-21, uh, Alabama 55-3, to uh, and Georgia 39-22. to Kind of had some issues with Kent State, but ultimately came on top. Uh, Michigan with a tight win against Maryland at home. Uh, Clemson, like we just said, 51-45 in overtime. Uh, Kansas State, Adrian Martinez with just a savage game on the road to beat uh, Oklahoma 41-34. Uh, should be interesting to see where Oklahoma ends up with the rankings after that one. Uh, USC kind of just <laughs> narrowly getting away with a victory on the road. Um, 14 points in the fourth quarter after scoring uh, only three before that. So 17-14 on the road. Good win for USC. Uh, Kentucky with a kind of a close win against, against uh, Northern uh, Illinois. And then you see uh, Arkansas, who uh, they were up 14 to nothing against Texas A&M, but Texas A&M kind of just took over the game, played tough defensively and ended up winning the game 23 to 21. Uh, Tennessee with a tight win against Florida at home. Um, maybe we can talk about uh, some of the losses in the Utah versus Arizona State game. They won their game 34-13. in uh, Oregon <laughs> kind of escaping uh, a bad game on the road. They scored 29 points in the fourth quarter to, to win 44 to 41 again against uh, Washington State. I personally thought Washington State had this game in the bag, and then they fumbled the bag and ended up losing the game. Uh, so kind of tough for them, but good for Oregon to to come back on the road and score 29 points in the fourth quarter. That's just insane. Uh, Ole Miss with a win at home and Baylor on the road 31-24 against Iowa State. Uh, closing it off, we saw Texas go down for the second straight time this year. I'm not sure if they'll be in the rankings uh, after this one, but uh, losing to Texas Tech 37 uh, to 34. And of course, that's uh, sorry, Parker, Tony, Miami uh, losing at home 45 31. Uh, doesn't look like they will be in the rankings as well. Uh, Tony, we'll start with you. Overall thoughts uh, on the game before we head into some injuries. Just another great slate. Um, I kind of wanted to focus a little bit on that uh, Kansas State-Oklahoma game. Uh, really huge win for Kansas State. I think that's a, a matchup that we always on paper want to pick Oklahoma. But recent history has definitely flipped and has said that Kansas State has won, I think, uh, four or three, three of the last four or four of the last five they've beaten Oklahoma. Um, so definitely a, a Kind of an underrated win, I guess, if you will, because some people will come and say, oh, well, that's an upset. But Kansas State seems to do this, frankly, a lot uh, against Oklahoma. As you mentioned, the Nebraska transfer, Adrian uh, Martinez had just an incredible game, led led the team in passing and running, um, had four rushing touchdowns, um, and just kind of a... I would say a mediocre performance from Dylan Gabriel. He still had four touchdowns, but um, it just seemed like uh, they kind of were slow. Um, and then, yeah, I, I just I feel like Kansas State made the, the plays that mattered the most. So that, that was kind of my game, I guess. Yeah, no worries. Um, good analysis there on that one. Josh, do you uh, want to point out any other specific games you uh, tuned into on Saturday? Um, no, I actually didn't really get to tune into any other games because I was at the University of South Carolina game for my sister. Uh, it was their family weekend, so I went down there to hang out with her at the uh, in-state rival school with the family. So I was uh, watching South Carolina versus UNC Charlotte. Um, 
I didn't really get to tune into any other games. Uh, checking the scores, uh, it did surprise me to see, you know, a few top 10 teams struggle. And, you know, honestly, I, I expected Clemson to really drop in the rankings despite pulling off the win. But I actually think, you know, the six, seven, eight seeds all either losing or almost losing actually kind of helped them keep their spot in the, in the top 25. Yeah, and just a, a quick question. So Spencer Rattler, is he on the South Carolina football team? If yes, so, how did yes. he do? Uh, he did a good – I was very surprised. Uh, the first half was a nail-biter, and UNC Charlotte actually probably held the lead for a good bit of it. I think it was it was 20-14 to 14 going into halftime, and that was with South Carolina kicking a field goal to end the half or close to it. So uh, – the the South Carolina offense has has sputtered. They've they've struggled some this year, which was a surprise given that you know Spencer Rattler came to town. Um, I think one of the bigger surprises for them is that you know they've got a very veteran offensive line that still hasn't performed all that well. And then I think a lot of Gamecock fans aren't really satisfied with uh, Satterfield, their offensive coordinator, and the play calling. So. Uh, it was cool to see him, but it, it is kind of crazy to see the fall that he's had. You know, he he still looks good, you know, has the arm talent and everything else, but I don't think he has the pieces around him to really make a splash in the SEC, at least not yet. And who even knows if he stays after this year, you know? Yeah, you can kind of see the hype for Spencer Rattler kind of just diminishing a little bit. Uh, it's just been kind of quite the road for him the last couple of years, just going kind of down in the hype train. But, um, yeah, just uh, good games all around. I kind of want to just uh, point it out, uh, the Texas A&M-Arkansas game, I believe the kicker hit the top of the upright uh, to take the lead. So that's that's an insane thing to see. You don't see that often. But Can I call um, out one other thing real quick? Yeah. The Missouri-Auburn game. Missouri oh, got yeah. to, like, the eight-yard line with three <laughs> seconds left, had a chip shot field goal that he missed. And then when they were in overtime – the like Missouri receiver running back whoever like held the ball out towards the end zone and just lost it for a for a touchback that ended the game and like what a brutal sequence of events for Missouri that's that's rough there yeah I, I did end up seeing that and I also saw I think uh, Bijan Robinson for Texas fumble in overtime which kind of messed uh, their chances up to win the game uh, against Texas Tech so just a uh, crazy action fun action though but. Uh, Tony, before we go into the uh, top 25 and injuries and all that kind of stuff, uh, Kansas, they won their game, but uh, they're undefeated. Did they make the rankings? We'll kind of segue into that real quickly. Did they? Did Kansas make it Make it into the top 25? Uh, they did. At 3-1, uh, and one, they are sitting at 25th currently. So, yes, gotcha. they are ranked. Perfect. Well, with that being said, you can take it away. What are some surprises with the top 25? And you can go over some injuries and uh, headlines heading into week five. All right. So uh, this was something that uh, Josh reminded me uh, this week. Uh, Georgia Tech uh, fired its athletic director, Todd Stansbury, as well as their head coach, uh, Jeff Collins. Um, just been a really, really tough period of time. Um, they've lost their last nine games to FBS teams, so their last win was uh, last season. Uh, or uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. It just it, it's a it's a long stretch of losing games. 
Um, and then they lost this past week to UCF. So they just kind of, I guess, felt like it was time for a change. Um, the people that will be uh, replacing them, uh, Frank Neville, um, is who's what, who was the school's chief of staff and senior vice president uh, for strategic initiatives, whatever that means, uh, will be the interim, interim uh, athletic director. And uh, Brent Kay will be the interim head coach for the school moving forward. Um, so that's kind of that. Um, also kind of branching off of um, our South Carolina talk about our topic. Uh, South Carolina will be moving their game uh, from this upcoming Saturday to Thursday because of Hurricane, uh, Hurricane Ian. Ian. Hurricane Ian. Um, so they'll be playing uh, their Thursday uh Thursday night against uh, South Carolina State. So they probably should win that game, but just thought that was interesting. Um, and then also um, you mentioned earlier about uh, an injury for Utah. Uh, really unfortunate for the Utes. They lost their pretty much program tight end, uh, Brand Queeth, uh, to a, a really serious uh, leg injury in their Saturday uh, win against uh, Arizona State. Um, just really really tough loss um he's he's been on the all pack 12 uh team three times in his career and uh he i guess the leg injury is severely um or just is severe enough to excuse me to uh to keep him out the rest of the year uh they did say that he could possibly come uh come back next year um but uh we'll have to see he does have 16 touchdowns in uh, five seasons. So definitely a huge loss for them moving forward. Um, and that is all, yep, that's all the news I have. Yeah, thanks, Tones. Um, I just want to go over some of the top 25 teams that are surprising to me. Um, Oklahoma, they dropped 12 spots to 18. So that's quite the drop. And same with Arkansas, uh, both of those teams losing on Saturday. Uh, Arkansas dropped 10 uh, points down to 20. Um, looks like Minnesota. Florida State and Kansas State are all in the rankings in the uh, top 20 uh, area of the rankings to uh, get them <laughs> as, I guess, to just ranked teams because um, they are 4-0, I believe, except for Kansas State. They're 3-1, but Minnesota and Florida State, both 4-0 both and now in the top 25. Um, and with that being said, we'll just hop into some uh, week five uh, predictions. We'll start with 15th-ranked Washington at UCLA. And it looks like the spread is Washington minus uh, 3.5. Uh, so, Tony, we'll start with you. Uh, what, who are you taking on this one? I think I'm going to take uh, Washington. I think they've had a really successful start to their uh, their season. They've definitely surprised us uh, with with uh, the, the first of all, the win uh, two weeks ago against Michigan State, and then a, a thorough pounding of Stanford uh, this past weekend. So I think Washington State will cover it. Um, I feel like UCLA, they're 4-0. But I feel like they've been kind of lucky in a couple of their wins. They've won some close ones that could have gone either way. Um, so I guess just confidence-wise, I'll go uh, Washington to cover on this one. Okay, and they actually uh, changed the um, line to to three, um, minus three for Washington instead of three and a half. So do you still take Washington minus three? Yep. Okay, <laughs> I do. Gotcha. Uh, Josh? That's interesting. I guess, you know, if the line's moving that way, uh, means a lot of people were probably on the UCLA side. Um, I'm I'm gonna take Washington in this one. I like Washington 
uh, to cover on the road. Okay. And Barker. Yeah, I'm going to be with uh, with you guys as well, Washington, uh, to to cover. Okay. Uh, moving on, we have uh, Iowa actually coming off of an, an impressive win. I believe it was maybe uh, – with Tony, was it on the road or was it at home, Iowa's win last week? I believe it was at home. Okay. I'll have to um, Well, they are at home again against Michigan, fourth-ranked Michigan, and they are favored to win by 10 – or sorry, uh, Michigan is going into Iowa being favored to win 10 and a half uh, by 10 and a half. So, Tony, who do you have in this one? Well, I absolutely despise the maize and blue. Uh, so I'll just say the uh, – I'll pick the team from uh, Ann Arbor to cover. Okay. And Josh? Uh, I'm riding with Tony again on this one. Yep. I like it. I am going Iowa with the upsets. They are going to win this game at home. Uh, I don't know why, but I think they will. What about you, Parker? Yeah, um, I'm not going to go with you, Aram. I'm going to go with, with uh, Tony and Josh with that nasty team up there. But, uh, yeah, we'll pick them. Okay, we'll see what happens. It's a good one. Uh, Seventh-ranked Kentucky at 14th-ranked Ole Miss. And uh, Ole Miss is favored to win by six and a half at home, Tony. I think I will take – um, I think I'll take Kentucky. I, I just think they're a, a little bit more of a gritty team. Um, their defense has really been a strong suit for them this year. And I just think that Ole Miss just doesn't quite um, match up too well. They, they haven't really played, like, any tough opponents in their first four weeks. They, they won a close game last week against Tulsa. So I think uh, Kentucky will have kind of a statement to prove that if they win this game, they'll be a lot more of a serious threat. And I think being a top-10 team, they'll have that confidence to go out in there and play well. Okay. What about you, Josh? Yeah, this one's tricky for me because I've I've usually been a pretty big Ole Miss uh, fan, but um, part of me wants to go into like the conspiracy theories. You know, maybe they slacked off against Tulsa because they were game planning too hard an extra week ahead for Kentucky. You know, but maybe. I I don't know. Um, I'll you know what I'll take I'll take Kentucky to to pull the the upset in this one. They gotcha. beat Florida on the road earlier this season. I think they exactly. know what it takes to uh, win a road road game in the conference. So that's a good point. What about you, Parker? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, with Kentucky on this one. Um, I just think uh, that you know they're they're ranked high. I think they're gonna go in there and handle business. Yeah, I'm actually with you guys. I, I'm taking Kentucky as well uh, on the road. Um, I think they have to establish their run game a little bit. They're averaging 81 yards a game uh, on the ground. So I think maybe if they get that number up a little bit on the road, they should be able to, to take this one. But uh, moving on, we have second-ranked Bama at 20th Arkansas with seven, with Bama being favored to win on the road by 17 points. Uh, Tony, what do you think? Sorry, it's 17 and a half. Okay. Uh, so pretty much a flawless victory last week for Alabama, as well as kind of a, a shaky loss there for Arkansas. Definitely a lot of mistakes. Um, so I think, uh, honestly, I think Alabama wins and they cover. I just, I think Arkansas has a bounce back week, but I just don't think, I just think Alabama is just too good. 
So I'll take Alabama minus 17 and a half. Okay. What about you, Josh? 17 and a half points for Bama. That's that's a lot, man. I, Arkansas is another one of the teams that I've been high on for a while. You know, I was really kind of hoping they could pull it off against AM last week, but uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, we saw Alabama kind of struggle on the road, you know, earlier this year with Texas. Uh, and I feel like 17 and a half is, is a lot to cover. I, I totally can see Alabama winning this game, but. I'll take Arkansas with the with the points in this one. Yeah, it is a tough one just because of the points. So what do you think on this one, Parker? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Bama. They're just uh, they're just too good. They they just look at these games and just run up the score on, on teams like like Arkansas. So I think they're gonna win handedly. Okay. Yeah, this is a tough one. I I think I want to take Arkansas with the points, but I mean Alabama. I've seen it too many times. You, you look away for a second, then you look back, and they're up by twenty points. I think it's gonna be another situation like that uh, on the road. I'm taking Bama. Um, moving on, we have uh, ninth Oklahoma State at sixteenth Baylor, and Baylor's favorite to win at home by two and a half. It looks like, um, yeah, two and a half. Tony at home for Baylor. I think I'm going to take Baylor on this one. I just think Oklahoma State has a great offense. I think um, their defense can be a little shaky at times. But, again, the, through the first three weeks, they haven't really played anyone that's really tested them. Um, so I think Baylor, who's kind of suffered a little bit of adversity already this year, I think they uh, they make a statement win at home. And I think they do – I'll take them to cover the, the minus two and a half. And you, Josh? Uh, this one's a tricky one, but I, I think I'll take Baylor in this one as well. Okay. And Parker? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, Baylor. A little, a pretty low point uh, spread there, so I'll take Baylor. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think Baylor maybe gets their first really good win of the season at home. Uh, moving on, we have a 22nd Wake Forest at 23rd Florida State. And, Tony, it looks like Florida State is favored to win by six right now. What do you think? Definitely an interesting one. Um, Wake Forest looked really solid offensively, really bad defensively, but really solid uh, offensively last year. Florida State has had a lot of luck to get into their first four games wins uh but they've also earned those i would say so i'm gonna take i'll take florida state i don't really like rooting for for them and they're picking them but um i if i'm just going solely on who i think is gonna win i'll i'll take florida state with the points and actually the spread is uh or the line is a seven points instead of six so does that change anything nope <laughs> no okay <laughs> got it got it so what about you josh yeah, this one, again, was a, an interesting line to me. You know, Wake Forest just put up a really good game, uh, and all of a sudden they're expected to lose to, to Florida State. I don't know. Um, I feel like that might be a bit of a I – don't, I don't know how they came up with this line, honestly. Um, yeah. I, I like – I'll take Wake plus seven in this. Do we know if they're still going to play this game in Tallahassee? Like – have, has Florida State made any arrangements with the hurricane? 
Um, I I don't see any news on that, but I do see it is in Tallahassee, Florida, and I think that's where the 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 situation is going to go down. So I mean, it, it right. could be rescheduled um, to another yeah, I, time. Or I another feel place. like I saw that like some Florida schools have already like canceled class. You know, starting today, tomorrow, trying to you know get everybody out. Canceled. If I'm not mistaken, I saw somewhere Florida State's already like postponed homecoming activities or something. Like I, I don't remember what it was, but uh, yeah, I guess that could kind of play into home field advantage, you know, if they're not really playing at home. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll still take Wake plus seven here. Okay. And what about you, Parker? Yeah, I, I when I was writing these these down, I picked Wake. I I thought that, you know, just like, like Josh said, they, they played Clemson really hard last week. I went to overtime uh, with them. And like Tony pointed out, a lot of luck to get where Florida State's at, you know. So I'm going to take uh, Wake Forest um, definitely to, uh, to um, I guess, upset Florida State. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with uh, Josh and Parker here, I think. Uh, Wake Forest maybe uh, comes back from that uh, tough loss at home last week, um, and they went on the road or wherever that's going to be. <laughs> so um, moving on, we have 17th Texas A&M at Mississippi State and the line right now has Mississippi State winning by four at home um, for the upset. Tony, what do you think? Again, uh, kind of interesting uh, matchup. Um, Mississippi State has been a little tested, but they haven't played super well. Um, even though they are three and one, their one loss coming to uh, LSU, where they had a lead going into the fourth quarter, and uh, they. Blew that one, uh, but mm, it's hard to pick Texas A&M because you just you don't know what type of Texas A&M team is going to show up. Um, they've really struggled the last couple weeks, and if it wasn't really for that big uh, turn of momentum against Arkansas, where they got a fumble and brought it all the way back for a touchdown, who knows where that game would have gone. Um, I'm going to take Mississippi State at home with the upset and the. Uh, the, the, the minus four. So I'll take my uh, Mississippi minus four. Okay. And uh, what about you, Josh? Um, hmm. Um, man, this is a tricky one, too. Uh, tough one. I'll take, I'll take A&M in this one plus, plus four. And, and that's Parker. a coin flip for me, though. Yeah, I'm taking te I'm taking Texas A&M. Yeah, I am as well. Yeah, I think it's kind of deceiving because I think Mississippi State they haven't played. They played LSU, and I think that's probably the toughest team they've played all year. And Texas A&M they played two ranked teams um, and won them. So I think maybe they can go on the road and maybe win handedly. But uh, that's just my prediction. But um, moving on, Josh, let's start with you on this one. We have uh, tenth ranked NC State. Uh, going into Clemson, uh, fifth ranked, and it looks like Clemson right now is actually favored to win by six and a half. So uh, you can kick it off. Yeah, this one, uh, this one could get interesting as well. You know, this is like the game day, uh, prom time game, seven thirty. Uh, Clemson's looking like it's going to be in the path of the hurricane as well. So we might get another remake of the. Uh, BYOG game from Dabo when Clemson played Notre Dame in the monsoon a couple years ago. Um, I 
it's hard to say because, like, if that hurricane does end up coming through, like, I feel like this game gets flipped completely, you know? Um, like, your entire game plan, it, it honestly just comes down to who can run the ball better pretty much at that point and who can stop the run. Um, I mean, it's definitely – there's definitely some homer bias in this one, but I think with Clemson's, you know, three-headed snake or whatever at running back, uh, I like their run game. And I, I think their offense seems to be clicking. I'm hoping they'll get a couple pieces back on the defensive side in the secondary. Or even, you know, there's one or two guys, I think, in the front seven that, you know, you know we could use back. So hopefully with a healthier defense and the offense looking solid, they can pull it off. So I'll, I'll take Clemson to cover here. Got it. Uh, yeah, it should be interesting to see if the weather plays an effect on this one. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, definitely game of the week. Uh, great point by Josh with how the weather could uh, definitely affect this one and the game plan of going through. Um, I'll, I'll take Clemson as well. Um, again, just if it came down to that, I think the running game is definitely in Clemson's favor, as well as uh, DJ has been playing uh, really solidly quarterbacking-wise for Clemson. So I think if it does come down to it too with, you know, the, whose, whose arm is the more preferred when the game's on the line, you know, he could definitely – I think be the one. So I'll take Clemson minus six and a half. Okay. And Parker. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Clemson as well on this one. I just think that their offense is just too, too good for yeah, NC to keep up with. I'm, uh, I'm with you guys. I think Clemson can put it together again this week. Um, so yeah, that should uh, do it uh, for these uh, games here this week, uh, week five already for college. Um, moving over to the NFL side, uh, give me one second while I move over. Um, we had some good action week four, I believe. Um, we're just coming, coming off of, let's see. Week three, I'm sorry. Week four in college. Yeah, week four in college, but uh, week three in the NFL. Um, had a pretty good week. We started off with the Browns winning on Thursday night, 29 to 17. And then the next one up, uh, Parker. Uh, you'll be taking this one 23 to 20 Chicago win over the Texans. So um, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I I guess um, just the the fact that our quarterback, uh, you know, can't get a, a hundred yards in a game is just absolutely mind boggling to me this day and age in, in uh, the NFL. I mean, our running game looks great. Yeah, but our, we can't you know, pass the ball when we need to. And we squeak a win out thanks to David Davis Mills throwing a boneheaded pick when the game's on the line. And we get a lucky, you know, win there because they would have they would have drove down the field and got a field goal to win that game. I guarantee you that. And Davis Mills obviously just made the wrong, the wrong choice there. And just the, you know, the offense, the whole game, not being able to do anything except run the ball, which, I mean, I guess if you look at it as a win's a win, but uh, Fields just really slow, really, um, you know, slow developing uh, on his reads. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's just something's off. The offense is off except for the run game. I guess we'll see if they can just piece it together as the weeks go by, but uh, I think we got the Giants next week, so. We'll see how that goes. 
Yeah, and I I don't want to uh, keep harping on it, but um, I just want to get your perspective on what you think it is with Justin Fields. I want to know if you if you think it's Justin Fields not being able to take the next step, or the coaches not trusting Justin Fields to take next the next step. Because you saw Justin Fields throw; he was throwing well in college, so, so that it's not like a, uh, a a known commodity that Justin Fields can't throw the ball. I mean, he he put a college state that was amazing. He could throw the ball. He has a good arm. And it's just, do you think it's more of Justin Fields not taking the next step um, with himself? Or do you think it's the coaching staff not trusting him yet and kind of it's, it's on them right now, week three? They're not taking the training wheels off of him yet. Well, what do you think it is? I, I, I really, truly believe that, that it's him not being able to take the next step at this point in time because he, he holds the ball for so long and, and doesn't, like no no passes are you know hot bang poom it, it's it's you have to make something out of it or it's got to be a designed like play and maybe that's just how the offense is being run and they're saying throw the ball to this guy and like you know he's just doing what his coaches are saying or something but uh, um I don't know it's it when you throw the ball 17 times in a game completing eight passes I mean that's that's really, you know, crazy to to think about, you know, this day and age in the NFL, completing eight passes in a game and getting a win. That is absolutely insane to me. And um, right now, if we were to to go based on on average, Fields would finish the season with sixteen hundred passing yards, sixteen hundred passing yards, which some quarterbacks get in, you know, a calendar month. They get sixteen hundred passing yards. So it's, it's really, it's really crazy to, to see that, you know, this offense, is is being hindered by the quarterback holding the ball too long, the wide receivers aren't getting open, or if they do, he's just not hitting them. He's too uh, so I, I don't mean to compare Josh Allen to Justin Fields, but I'm, I'm looking at the, the rookie stats for Josh Allen, and he completed 320 passes in his rookie year, and um, he played 12 games. So I'm not sure if that's on the same level of where Justin Fields is, but just watching the tape of Josh Allen in his rookie year, he was throwing it to basically an empty spot on the field. This guy was inaccurate as inaccurate could be as a quarterback. But the thing with the Bills is I think they just let Josh Allen figure it out um, in the air himself. And I, I feel like the Bears need to kind of use that same type of strategy to kind of open Justin Fields up because if you go into a game knowing you're only going to throw 10 to 15 passes, I mean, your your confidence is already going to be shot because if you screw one of those passes up, that's, I mean, you <laughs> three, four passes yeah. is almost half, yeah, halfway he's, through your... He's, he's thinking, he's thinking, well... You know, if if I'm not perfect on these on these passes or on these throws, then they're gonna take the ball out of my hands. You know, they're gonna they're just gonna run the ball, and we've seen it in basically all three games this season of them just not trusting Fields. Where I mean, guys, we're running draw plays on third and ten from the forty yard line. We're running draw plays. We're not even giving our quarterback a chance to make a ten yard pass. That's that is really like really concerning if you're really you know thinking about that but I think just as a as like an offense you've you've got to be able to throw the ball at least 30 times a game right I mean 20 to 30 times a game bare minimum 
completing 20 passes at least. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, you got to give him a, a fair shot at either proving himself or, you know, getting himself out of the league. You got to let him make that decision himself. And you got to throw him out for at least 20 to 25 passes a game. Um, so I, I, maybe it changes, but I uh, don't want to harp on that too much. Uh, but it's a two-on-one record for the Bears, Parker. I'm sure you'll take that uh, after three weeks. Also, um, just just to note, just to note, Darnell Mooney, another game, another another dud, another nothing. <laughs> I think he had maybe, two drops. Maybe he makes the uh, Josh's starts of the week this week. Who knows? Maybe, maybe one day <laughs> <laughs> in fantasy. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, you might as well just uh, drop him at this point. <laughs> Pick yeah. up Equinemius St. Brown. He's more involved in the offense. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of looking at the Texan side real quick, I, I was impressed with Jalen Petrie um, kept coming up with those two picks, but I think he's showing a lot of uh, field awareness for a rookie uh, safety. And also uh, Damian Pierce, he kind of broke out a little bit, showing his uh, elusiveness and agility. Uh, so maybe he should be in your lineups moving forward. We'll let uh, Josh <laughs> handle that. But uh, moving on, we have the Raiders going to 0-3, uh, 24-22 on the road, uh, loss against the Titans. Uh, we have the Colts coming up with an upset win uh, at home against the Chiefs. Uh, and Josh, will stop with this one. Um, everyone's talking about it. It was probably the game of the week. It was just uh, crazy emotional back and forth. Uh, I personally thought the, the Dolphins kind of blew it with the, the punt at the end, but come up with a stop. Um, or you know the clock came up with a stop for the for the Dolphins, but any any way you look at it, the Dolphins are three and zero. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this one and kind of um, the the status of Tua heading into Thursday night this week? Yeah, that was a another thrilling game, back to back days. You know, Clemson Saturday, then Miami on Sunday. Uh, heart, you know, took five years off my life with all the uh, errors, <laughs> whatever, but. Uh, the, the Dolphins game, I, I specifically remember when I was watching it with my dad, we actually were having a debate on that third down. Uh, my dad saying, like, run the ball, kill as much time as possible. And I'm telling him, I understand where you're coming from, but we're on the one-yard line. Like, I'm perfectly okay with Tua making it, th like, throwing the ball here. It's, it's the aggressive play, but if you get the first down, the game's over. Uh, so I, I respect the decision. And then the backed-up punt, I don't know, that'll live in infamy, I guess. Uh, it really terrified me, though, because all of a sudden, the Bills just had to get in field goal range to win. Um, mm -hmm. I'll be honest, the Bills pretty much won that game in every aspect except points, which fortunately <laughs> is the one that matters. Um, like, Josh Allen had 63 pass attempts in this game, um, 400 passing yards. And the the biggest difference was time of possession. It's, it's almost like Buffalo knew that their defense was weakened with injuries and their offense was just that good that they decided that they were going to let their offense try to control the tempo, control the pace. And if you look at it, like, the Bills had, like, over 90 plays of offense and 40 minutes in time of possession. Uh, the Dolphins only had, you know, 20-something minutes in time of possession and only ran, I think, 30, 39 plays, maybe. So yeah. they had to be really efficient in the limited plays that they did have. Um, 
And it's like I said, it's just a huge surprise. Like when you look at the stats that we were even able to pull that off. Uh, like I said, the Bills' strategy of you know staying out on the field longer, trying to keep your defense off of the field, almost came back to bite them. You know, like Stephon Diggs said after the game, it's the hottest game he's ever played in his life. It was like the only time he's ever had an IV in both arms for like full body cramps. So, you know, a lot of Bills fans are complaining about, you know, the the Miami Heat because the way Hard Rock is set up, you know, suns sets or whatever. Uh, Dolphins are in the shade, you know, opposition's always in the sun getting beamed uh, I guess I love we'll that strategy, end, uh, I we love go to it. Buffalo in January or something when it's nine degrees and a blizzard outside. But yeah, like I said, it, it was it was awesome that we were able to pull this win off. But like realistically, Buffalo won in pretty much every aspect. The Dolphins were able to do just enough. You know, uh, Tua did get banged up. The offense looked awful in the limited snaps Bridgewater got. Um, but that was a weird situation where he falls, he like hits his back and then hits his head. He gets up to run off and then just falls over. Uh, and you know, they come like, he seemed coherent and everything, obviously in the second half, you know, he seemed fine, but it was an odd situation where it looked like a concussion. And then the coaches say that he actually got a stinger to the lower back on like a QB draw or a QB, you know, sneak a couple plays before. I think that was odd, but uh, he was uh, limited or did not participate in practice yesterday, but the expectation is he'll still be ready for Thursday night football, so that's good. Um, a, a lot of people were comparing the stats between Josh Allen and Tua, and like, like I said, the Bills dominated in pretty much every category except for points, and like realistically, if you look at uh, like the amount of snaps and the opportunities that Tua had, he did just as good, you know, in the limited snaps that he had compared to Allen. So, uh, I don't know, a great win for Miami. I, I would have said a two-and-two two start was fantastic. So, the the fact that we even have a possibility to start 4-0 is a, is a great start for the Mike McDaniel era. Yeah, uh, big win, but I like how you uh, covered the conspiracy with uh, the whole back situation and our backer head situation. I um, I don't know. I don't want to make any guesses, but from what I saw, I thought um, the trainers kind of just wanted to keep the possibility of the, him being back out there. So they just labeled it as a back injury, which uh, or maybe he did hurt his back, but they never mentioned anything about the head because if they did, then they'll have to probably uh, keep him out for the protocol. Um, so that, that was definitely an interesting game, man. Um, that's crazy, but it was uh, good for the Dolphins to start uh, 3-0. and um, But moving on, we have the Vikings <laughs> at home against the Lions. And, um, oh, boy, this was probably one of the biggest <laughs> headaches I've ever been a part of in a long time. And I'm a Vikings fan, so there's a lot of headaches every Sunday. But this was, in particular, frustrating just because of the whole bend but don't break type of defense we're playing uh, this year. Um, it's it's considered a shell type of defense where you don't let anything um, beat you deep, but um, we saw in Philadelphia that wasn't the case. Um, in the beginning, in the first half for the Vikings, it was just 
pure domination from Detroit. They were running the ball on us. They were converting. I think they converted like three or four fourth downs on us um, in our own zone. They missed a couple field goals, but um, ultimately they kind of, they just handed, handed us, they just ran down our throats. They just, they were passing on us. There were open guys down the field. They were running through wide open holes. They, they were just beating us handedly um, in our home. So uh, good for Detroit to kind of start like that on the road. But in the second half, you kind of saw things uh, open up for the Vikings offense and credit to the Vikings offense um, for at least, you know, getting back on track in the fourth quarter and um, really using guys other than Justin Jefferson to uh, create plays, guys like Thielen and uh, Osborne who caught the game uh, winning touchdown at the end. But um, I think good for the offense to get back on track in the second half. A lot of things to to get better at moving forward. But uh, one thing that's concerning to me is the defense with uh, the whole bend but don't break philosophy. Um, I thought the defense did step up in the second half, but um, this could all have been avoided, in my opinion, if um, we play a little bit more aggressive. I don't think we blitz enough. I think we're too conservative at, um, at times, and we kind of just let uh, offenses uh, move down. We, we just react to the play. We don't really um, meet them at the point of attack. We kind of just wait for the play to happen, and we just react to it, and uh, they fall forward all the time. It's just... It's not the type of defense that's fun to watch. I tell you that it's it's a type of defense where you're kind of just happy that um, they get a field goal, and not a touchdown here and there. But um, I thought the Lions kind of screwed it up for themselves in the fourth quarter. Um, they missed a field goal. They also, I think, missed a fourth uh, fourth down conversion uh, out of their six attempts at a fourth uh, down conversion. But um, I don't know how the Vikings ended up winning this one. I went from hating my defensive coordinator, wanting him fired. Um, but uh, the big surprise that uh, we won the game. So, I mean, it's just, it was just a big headache. I'm uh, sick of this already, um, just the type of defense we're playing. But um, the offense kind of bailed us out this week. Um, it's going to be a tough test um, in London against the Saints. But um, that's all I got for the Vikings, just a massive headache. Uh, but not a not a headache for the Ravens. They, uh, they went on the road in New England. Uh, 37-26, and uh, Parker, we can probably go over uh, one of the, the major injuries for the Patriots um, after these scores here, but uh, moving on, we have the Bengals on the road winning 27-12. to We have the Eagles dominating on the road. I personally think that they are Super Bowl contenders in my opinion, but that's I just realized they scored 24 points in the second quarter um, and nothing else. <laughs> so they basically just won the game in the second quarter. Um, and they went on the road. Uh, they are 3-0. The Saints go down in uh, Carolina, 22-14. to uh, The Jaguars, um, are they for real? Are they Are they not? I'm not sure. I think it kind of just speaks to how uh, banged up and uh, bad the Chargers are playing, quite frankly, uh, losing 38-10 to at home against the Jaguars. Uh, the Rams handling business 20-12 to on the road against the Cardinals. Um, Falcons on the road, 27-23 against the Seahawks. Um, and Tony will stop with this one. The Packers coming to town uh, in Tampa Bay, actually pulling off a win, 14 to 12. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Definitely missed, uh, you know, our, our missing players um, today. The, the offense really looked uh, looked really struggling. Uh, they allowed three sacks, uh, two for 11 on third down. Not going to win a lot of games with that. I thought the defense played outstanding. Um, anytime you can hold Aaron Rodgers to 14 points, 
Um, and I think they had like 67 yards rushing for the whole game. Uh, so I thought the defense played outstanding. Um, just really tough for that uh, for, for the Buccaneers uh, offense there. I thought at times it looked like um, it, it was pretty solid. Um, had two really unfortunate and devastating uh, fumbles that really ruined some drives. Um, but it, it, it is what it is. Um, I think you just got to give credit to, to Green Bay. You know, they, for really until the last couple of minutes there, their defense played, it, you know, technically better um, than Tampa Bay's. It's just uh, they made a couple more stops there at the end. And uh, it's, it's like I said, it's not very often that you see Aaron Rodgers score less than 20 points or 17 points or less and, and still get a win. So that's, especially this day and age, where offense is sometimes at such a premium. So a big shout out to uh, the Packers. I mean, that was a gutsy win. Not the prettiest of wins and, you know, no Picasso, but I think they'll take that win. Uh, also, an interesting note, I wanted to sh say uh, the attendance for this game uh, was actually the largest home crowd in Tampa Bay history at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, over 69,000 people. Uh, we're at this game, so I just kind of thought I'd throw that in there. So that was unfortunate that there was all those people there and they couldn't pull out the win. But uh, it'll be nice to have Mike Evans back. Hopefully Godwin can make a couple strides, uh, as well as uh, to have Julio Jones maybe be back next week. Because um, uh, next week's a huge game for, for both teams, uh, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. But, yeah, a, a tough loss today for sure. Yeah, um, I think it was impressive for Tampa Bay to to kind of nullify the Packers' offense after they came out uh, kind of hot in the first half, but uh, not letting them get any points in the second half. But uh, not the not the Brady Rogers game uh, we're used to seeing. So uh, that's kind of where they're at that their their uh, careers with their team right now. Um, kind of probably the final the ever uh, Brady Rogers game too. By the way, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Playoffs. And it Playoffs. came down to the end. Or, yeah. Playoffs. Maybe. Playoffs. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> if we see these two teams again, I tell you, I'll be surprised in the playoffs because um, there's a lot not going right for um, the Buccaneers right now with their injuries. But uh, who knows? Maybe they might find themselves in the playoffs playing against each other. But uh, to end the night, we had the Broncos coming out with a, uh, one of the weirdest <laughs> wins I've ever seen, 11 to 10. Um <laughs> Nothing has changed, in my opinion, with Nathaniel Hackett and that offense. They don't look good. It's just the Niners kind of pooped their pants on the road. Um, and to uh, end the week with Monday Night Football, we had the Cowboys going on the road. Cooper Rush, season MVP, status 23-16 to 16 on the road against um, the Giants. Uh, Parker, we'll start with you. Uh, anything you wanted to talk about? Um, any games that you wanted to point out? Um. Other than just Jimmy Jimmy G stepping out of the back of the end zone and becoming a new meme. Right, Dan Orlovsky. Um, That's like right. That. Yeah, I mean, it was it, they were talking about the Trey Lance um, story and how Jimmy G was betrayed. And um, you kind of see throughout this game why they kind of gave up on Jimmy G. He did not look good. Um, he looked okay in the first couple quarters, but his reads were – were off in the second half. He was dealing with a lot of pressure, but also just not reading the field right now, making his throws. So um, they're they're stuck with Jimmy G for the rest of the year. We'll, we'll see how, how far it takes him. But um, 
Uh, Josh, we'll start with the, or we'll we'll go to you with any final thoughts on the week. Um. Yeah. Uh. Not. Not too much. A uh, pretty solid week. Uh. I can't remember if we hit on this or not, but you know the Patriots and Mac Jones. You know that could be a, a interesting situation with them going forward. I'm honestly mm-hmm. just stoked we pulled off that game against Buffalo. Like <laughs> that changes the AFC East drastically. I would say you know the fact that even if we split with them. Hopefully we could pull off a win against the Jets both times and the Patriots one more. And then and who knows, you know, maybe we can clench a division, which would be wild. Gosh, you <laughs> are ready for that. We're three and oh and I'm I'm looking at the playoffs. I need to remember I'm a Dolphins fan. Yeah. I should know better. Just enjoy the ride. Um but uh, just expect the unexpected. That's how the NFL is. Um, yeah, we'll definitely get to those injuries um, after we have Tony's final thoughts on the week. I uh, just wanted to say massive uh, win for the Indianapolis Colts led by Matty Ryan. Huge win at home. Um, unfortunately, too, with this loss for Kansas City, we saw a lot of, uh, I guess, frustration with uh, Mr. Biennemi. A lot of players starting to really talk about how he's not really listening to the players. Um and there's a lot of friction kind of going on there. So this might be a situation that could get worse uh, for their sake. I hope it doesn't, but um, I don't think there's a lot of fans out there that would mind seeing the enemy uh, leave the Chiefs and maybe that offense struggling a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Matt Ryan didn't have to throw it 60 times to win. Uh so an efficient game for them, and I, I think just a really clutch win there late. So that was kind of my big game, I guess, of the week. Yeah, um, I guess for me, going down the list, I don't have any. I guess the Raiders, I can kind of touch on them because uh, they're they're 0-3, but just kind of watching them, I think they have a very talented team. They're just not able to put it together. Um, they had a chance to tie the game up late this week. Um, they weren't able to do it last week. They gave up a, just a terrible comeback at home against the Cardinals, who – aren't that good this year, but uh, happened to come back on them uh, last week. And um, they, they could have easily been 2-1, and one, um, but they find themselves 0-3. And, and um, I think I heard a story of Josh McDaniels uh, talking to ownership before his press conference after the game, so I'm not sure what's going on there, but it's it's definitely weird. I'm sure he's just trying to reassure them that he has a good team and he has a good plan moving forward. But uh, they're 0-3. Their chances of making the playoffs are going down as we speak. Um, so... It's a, basically a must-win from here on out. And um, another interesting thing I wanted to talk about was with uh, the Chargers. Um, I believe uh, I was actually listening to a podcast, and after the Chargers game where they got demolished 38-10, to 10, uh, reporters wanted to interview some, some key players, obviously, at the end of the game like they usually do. But the entire locker room just fled out. There wasn't any anybody to really talk to other than a couple of uh, yeah. captains uh, in the locker room. So right now there's – Definitely some disconnect with the, the players and I think maybe the coaching staff because uh, there was also some controversy over whether Justin Herbert should have played that final drive uh, with his rib injury. Um, but yeah, not uh, not a good situation uh, with the Chargers. And uh, also they uh, got hit with a pretty big injury 
Um, Parker, we'll start with you uh, with the injuries. Any headlines, injuries? I can I can back you up because I got a pretty good list myself. So I'll yeah, I've got a, I've got a lengthy list here. I was just gonna say, guys, get ready for this this weekly right. list that we're gonna have here because it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a long season here, you guys. Um, well, yeah. we'll keep with the uh, with the uh, Chargers. Yeah, Slater, they're probably their best offensive lineman out for the season. Um, <clears throat> Aram, do you know what exactly his injury is? I think yes, it was. he uh, a bicep. He, I think he torn tore bicep. That's, yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, torn bicep. He's out for the season, which is a huge loss for that team, especially with uh, the the already um, like worrisome for uh, Herbert. Uh, you know, back there, so we have to plug someone else in. Uh, and then Bosa on the defensive side, he is week to week with the groin. Uh, groin um injury and then we're gonna hear uh go to cleveland which is a really wild uh kind of event that happened with uh miles garrett uh, he got in a car crash uh swerving out of the way uh of hitting a a deer i believe mm-hmm. and um yeah he had a, a a devastating car crash and he rolled his car a few times um, he suffered a shoulder and a bicep injury, but he cleared the concussion test, and I'm sure he'll probably be out for the foreseeable future just to keep him safe. But, um, you know, hopefully he can, you know, get get healthy fast because, you know, he's one of the premier defensive players um, in the league. So really sad to see that kind of happen to, you know, Miles My- Garrett. Um, and then another very just devastating injury in, in uh, New York um, last night where um, uh, Sterling Shepard tore his ACL on just running down the field. I mean, it's – guys, they've got to do something about that turf in New York. We've seen so many players go down with, with injuries in uh, New York. I mean, literally just running down the field. Literally just running down the field. And, you know – Aram, I'm sure you have experience with a, a torn ACL. What do you think about that? Just him running down the field and him tearing his ACL. I, I watched it, and you could see at the top of his route, he was slowing down for some reason. Either he hit a cramp or something, and then he stepped on his right leg and just suddenly dropped. So, like, right away you knew something was wrong. I mean, that's just crazy to see because he came off of a torn Achilles it's last insane. year. insane. And we're talking about an NFL player here. I mean, what happens if I start running, you know, in our games or if Tony runs at work, you know, is he, he going to tear his ACL or is it just that turf up in New York? <laughs> it must just be turf. I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on the on the feet, on the legs, I guess. I mean, I don't know. And he was also running uh, full steam routes the whole game. And this was towards the end of the game. So there had to have been some stress on his legs. And then he put the extra yeah. pressure on his knee, and it just it popped. So sad to see. This is interesting, very interesting, um, you know, thing there. But uh, then on the other side, the the flip side of that, Dak uh, mentioned he a possible comeback next week, uh, which would be pretty crazy quick return for Dak um, for the injury that he had, but. I think that he'll probably still be out another week just based on the success of Cooper Rush. I think he's just sitting there going, uh, you know, Cooper is looking pretty dang good, and I don't want him to take my job for too much longer here. So 
Um, you know, we are going to try to come back as quick as possible. Uh, we're going to jump to Pittsburgh, where Minka Fitzpatrick is in the concussion protocol. Um, that's another big star in Pittsburgh's defense that, you know, could be out uh, this week. Um, uh, uh, sad to see him in the, in the concussion protocol. Uh, we're going to go to San Francisco, uh, where Trent Williams has a high ankle sprain, and he's out indefinitely. That is a massive blow to their offensive line. Um, we're going to head to New England, where Josh uh, mentioned uh, Mac Jones. One of the more serious injuries uh, that we have um, over the uh, weekend here, uh, Mac Jones out uh, with a severe high ankle sprain. Um, my guess would be, you know, a month or so uh, out with with that there. So next man up, uh, I think it's Brian Hoyer will be starting in New England now. So uh, that guy seems like he just won't disappear. I feel like he's as old as Tom Brady almost. Uh, how many years he's been in New England, my goodness. Um, we're going to head to Chicago where they lose two offensive players. Um so that'll just help them out. Uh, Brian Pringle out for four weeks with um, a calf injury. And David Montgomery is week to week with a leg injury. I'm going to guess he's probably not going to play next week. It was a pretty bad in, pretty bad looking injury uh, when I've seen it there. Um, we're going to go to Miami where um, Tua, as you guys mentioned, took a little beating there. But he is not in concussion protocol. And like Josh said, he hopes to play. Um, on Thursday. Uh, we're going to go to Minnesota where we've seen Dalvin Cook go down uh, with a kind of scary looking uh, injury around You probably were like, what is going on here? Uh, sh shoulder injury, I guess he's had it before and he's just going to wear a harness and he should be good to go next week, um, apparently. Um, and then some off, you know, uh, team news. Um, Rihanna is going to be the next halftime show performer, which... Um, Honestly, doesn't really have me excited at all, but uh, I don't know about you guys, if you guys are excited to watch that or not. But I'd be tuning in. I like our old song. It's not too bad. I think it would be something watchable. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one then. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to turn it off just because it's Rihanna, so I'll, I'll yeah. still watch. It's not something I'm, like, thrilled about, but I'm not upset about it either, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Parker, I got a couple more injuries. Are you? Do you have your list over with? Or yeah, yeah, you can take it away. Those were just kind of the bigger ones that I kind of took away from what I've seen. Um, going to Detroit, we have DeAndre Swift. Um, I think he he's always been uh, battling some issues. I feel I, I feel bad for the guy because he he struggles with uh, injury management and pain tolerance um, throughout his career, and he's um, hurting again. So we could see the Jamal Williams. Um, and Craig Reynolds show in Detroit, um, and also Tracy Walker, their star safety is out for the year um, after tearing his Achilles, I think, um, in the Vikings game. So a couple of bad losses for Detroit, um, and then kind of relevant to who the Vikings are playing this week, uh, Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas, I believe Jarvis Landry hurt his foot or his ankle uh, against the Panthers last week, and I think Michael Thomas um, I'm, I'm not sure what happened to him, but uh, he got uh, dinged up against the Panthers as well. So uh, their availability is up in the air. Um, and so I kind of want to say go, is I start Chris Olave. 100%. I'm sure Josh will go over that too. I am locking Chris Olave <laughs> in my lineup. <laughs> he is in my lineup. If I don't even have him in, uh, on any teams, but if I did, I would be inserting him there. Um, 
I want to go over the pick results. Um, we'll, we'll go over to college real quickly, and then we'll hop into the NFL side. Um, Parker, we'll start with you. You had three and a half um, points. That's basically how many games you got correct. Um, Josh, you were at four and a half. Tony, two and a half. And me, four and a half. Um, so kind of a consistent uh, prediction line for uh, us here. But uh, hopping to the NFL side, um, I didn't have a good week, I can tell you that. Um, it's kind of going in order. Parker, you had seven. Josh, you had six. Tony, you had five. And I had four. And um, I didn't really... Um, we had we had two ties. We each had two uh, ties. So if you want to add um, two halves or points to those totals, it would be Parker eight, Josh um, seven, Tony six, and me five. Um, nice. So that's how uh, the picks went. And um, I guess we'll uh, move over to week four uh, of the NFL. We'll start with. Uh, the Dolphins and Bengals. Josh, you can start this one off since it's your team. Uh, the spread right now looks like it's uh, Cincinnati by four at home against the Dolphins. Yeah, um, I'm kind of surprised that Cincinnati is the favorite here, you know. Um, mm -hmm. on, on one hand, I understand, you know, they're coming off of I guess you can consider it an easier win, you know, 27 to 12 against the Jets. The Dolphins are coming out of like a knockdown drag out against the Bills. So, you know, they're a little more injured, I think. Um, like I said, it's kind of odd to me that the Bengals are favored. Maybe they're expecting, you know, the Dolphins are kind of riding a high of beating the Bills and – you know, don't prep quite the same. I don't know. Um, I've picked with the Dolphins and they've won, and I've picked against them and they won. So I really don't know if my home <laughs> impacts it one way or the other. But uh, I mean, I'll I'll take the Dolphins plus four. Like I feel like this is a game that this is definitely a winnable game for Miami. If you beat the Bills, you can beat pretty much anybody on any given day. I do get that it's on the road in Cincinnati. I don't know how – I wish I knew the record. I'm sure away teams probably don't do great on Thursday nights, but I'll take the Dolphins here to pull the upset. Gotcha. And just because it's Thursday night, I think it, it should be relevant to talk about. Uh, obviously, obviously, we know Tua, he's questionable uh, in the game, but also Jalen Waddell, he's questionable, Cedric Wilson. Uh, Xavier Howard and Brandon Jones. Uh, I'm not sure of the extent of those uh, injuries, but um, I didn't I haven't heard anything serious about those. So I think I think they should be good to go. But on the Bengals side, it looks like DJ Reader is going to be out uh, pretty long term for them. Um, but they also have Drew Sample and uh, Drew Sample's out, and Lyle Collins is questionable. Um, so yeah. Josh, you're taking. Yeah, I'm taking Miami here. I'm looking actually at the practice reports from today. Uh, Lyle Collins, DJ Reader, and Drew Sample did not participate today either. Um, Eli Apple, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, Joe Mixon, Jermaine Pratt, and Mitchell Wilcox all were full participants today for Cincinnati. Um, on the Miami side, the only ones that did not participate today uh, was Teron Armstead, uh, Seaton Carter and Hunter Long. Um, everybody else that was limited yesterday was either or that everybody else 
is limited pretty much. So, mm-hmm. uh, like Tua and all those guys, you know, a handful of them were either eliminated or did not participate yesterday. They all participated today in some capacity. So, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, they should be good to go then, hopefully. Um, but the biggest question, I think, is uh, Tua. So, I think, uh, so you're taking the Dolphins on this one. Um, Parker, what do you think? I'm going to go with Cincinnati on this one. I'll take them uh, to win a, uh, a Thursday night home game with their drippy uh, new white helmets. Yeah, it's going to be a good uh, uniform matchup at least. Um, Tony, what do you think? I'm kind of torn, uh, to be honest with you. I, I kind of agree with uh, – with, um, Josh about last week kind of being maybe a little bit of a overrated win just because it was the the Jets and you can make the argument of how fair that game was I guess when it comes to talent obviously they won um, but I, I think I'm going to go Dolphins on this one too I'll, I'll take the Dolphins plus four I just think that uh, they're riding a lot of momentum and, and we saw that even with the limited amount of stuff that they had Last week, when it came to possessions, they still made um, a lot of worth out of it. Their defense is fantastic, so I'll uh, I'll take the Dolphins plus four. Yeah, this is a, a tough um, a tough ask for the Dolphins to go on the road after such a, a tough fought game against the Bills at home. Um, and I think on top of that, Cincinnati going over going one and three would be, I think, devastating for their season. Um, and with that being said, I think they'll come out. Um, as a tougher team. Uh, sorry, Josh, I'm going to take uh, the Bengals to cover here, but what do I know? I, I think I've screwed up all the games against the Dolphins, or with, all the games with the Dolphins, so I mean, that's a good thing for you. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have uh, the Vikings and Saints, or Vikings at Saints. They're calling this a road game for the Vikings. This will be played um, at London, so wake up, I guess. <laughs> Put your alarms, get your alarm set. It's going to be 8.30 kickoff on Sunday morning. Um, and the Vikings, I think, are still uh, favored to win. Yeah, it's still Vikings two and a half. Uh, I'll give uh, you guys my thoughts um, after your guys' thoughts. So, Parker, we'll start with you. Uh, Vikings two and a half at London against the Saints. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just, I just, uh, I, I don't know if I can trust either of these teams. Um, Minnesota. Looking shaky last week in the first half, looking decent in the second half. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Saints on this one, though. I think they go to London and have some tea. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> Josh, what about you? Uh, uh, recency bias. You know, the Saints just lost to the Panthers, so I'll, uh, I'll take the Vikings in this one, minus two and a half. Okay, and Tony. Uh, um, I think I'll take the Vikings well as well. I think they'll uh, they'll win against Nolens, uh, even though they're not going to be in Nolens. They're going to be away from Nolens, but uh, anyways, yeah, I, th- I think the Vikings uh, get this win. Yeah, I, I, I did watch the Saints and Panthers game today, and I think uh, the Saints left a lot of points on the board. They easily could have beat the Panthers. The Panthers really didn't play that well. They just ended up with a win. I think the Saints shot themselves in the foot. I think they'll keep this game close here against Minnesota. Um, I mean, I guess I'll take the Vikings in London. 
Um, <laughs> with what I think the Vikings can do on offense, I think they can put a lot of points up consistently now. It's been kind of up and down, but um, hopefully I see, you know, consistency uh, now with the offense and uh, maybe try to force some turnovers on defense, but uh, that's not going to happen. We're like dead last in a bunch of rankings in defense. So uh, not going to hope for that a little bit. I, I just want to see a good offensive showing. Uh, maybe we can outlast the Saints on the scoreboard. So I'll take, I'll take the Vikings uh, minus two and a half. Uh, in London, so that's going to be the first game in London. I think there's going to be another game played in another continent, but I'm not sure. Um, but uh, moving on back in the U.S., uh, we are going to be watching the Browns travel to the Falcons, and it looks like um, the Browns are favored to win by one and a half on the road, Parker. Yeah, um, I'm going to take the... I'll take the uh, Browns in this game. I think... Ooh. Yeah, I'll take the Browns in this game. I think they're gonna they're gonna play a game for Miles Garrett here, for their boy, uh, and take a, a nice win on the road. So I'll take the the uh, the uh, cover. Okay, uh, Josh. Uh, can you remind me of the spread on this one again? Sorry. Uh, Cleveland one and a half. Um, minus one and a half. Right, right, right. Uh, I don't. It's tough to go against the home underdog, but yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna take the Browns in this one. Okay, and Tony, I'll shake it up a little bit. I'll take the Falcons at home, mm. so I'll take Fal- Falcons like plus one and a half. I like it, but I will not agree. I'm sorry. I am taking the Browns on the okay. road. I like their. I like their whole recipe of uh, run, run, run set up to play action. I really like Stefanski. He's a great play caller, and I think they take that game on the road. Um, they beat the Falcons. Uh, moving on, we have an NFC East division collision uh, with the Cowboys hosting the Commanders, with Dallas being a favorite to win by three points at home. Um, Parker, I guess, regardless of Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott, uh, who do you take uh, in this one? You know, I kind of hope that Cooper Rush keeps playing. I think that the more he plays, the better he'll get. And I think that they're going to take a nice home win uh, against the uh, Commanders, against Commander Carson and Washington Wentz. I like it, uh, Josh. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the upset here. I'll take I'll take Ooh. the Commanders to uh, go to Dallas and steal one there. That's a that's a I like that pick. I like it, uh, Tony. What do you think? Old. Definitely, yeah, they could be uh, riding that momentum of the or that high of winning on Monday night. But uh, I found this stat after the game last night. Uh, since the start of last season, Dallas is seven and zero against uh, NFC East opponents. I think it'll be eight and zero. So I think uh, the Cowboys get it done at home. I think they cover. Yeah, I, I really think Cooper Rush can take command of this offense. I think I'm going to take them here at home. Um, moving on, we have uh, the Seahawks at – I made a commander joke, by the way. Uh, Seahawks at Lions. We have the Lions uh, favored to win by – actually, four and a half. They, I think they, yeah, they um, changed the line on me, maybe because of DeAndre Swift. Um, but uh, Lions favored to win at home against the Seahawks, Parker, by four and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take that. I'm going to say that uh, Detroit wins at home um, against a just de- talent-depleted Seattle Seahawks team. 
Mm. And you, Josh? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take... I'm with Parker on this one. I'll take the Lions here. Uh, do we know the injury status of Swift? Didn't he get injured last, last week? Yeah, uh, he hurt his leg, and I think it's kind of serious. He may keep him out. Um, he, right now, he's um, questionable, and same with Amon Ross St. Brown, a guy that we forgot to mention. He's also... Uh, he got he got banged up as well, so they're both questionable. I would say if we're gonna pick which one is gonna play, I think Amon Ra plays over Swift. Right. Yeah. If neither play, I would I would be much more inclined to take Seattle. But if we're assuming both will play, or even just Amon Ra, I'll take the Lions here. Okay. And Tony. Uh, again, just uh, kind of going off of what Parker said, I just. This uh, the Seahawks team. You you don't really know what is gonna like. You know what team's gonna show up. Are they gonna be the one that's kind of like super efficient in the first half against Denver, or are we gonna see the team that just struggles so bad offensively, like we saw in uh, San Francisco last week? Was a little bit better for them. They scored twenty three. Still lost, but uh, yeah, I'll take the Lions here uh, to win by four and a half. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think this is a, a test for for Dan Campbell. I mean. Um, I think this will be the difference between what we saw in the previous years with the Lions and uh, who they are nowadays. I think um, the Lions have a good chance to kind of show teams that they're able to bounce back after a tough uh, uh, kind of a choke of a game last week against the Vikings. They really had it uh, against the Vikings. We kind of blew it. So I think they're going to take it at home um, against the Seahawks. And uh, Titans at Colts. Colts will have uh, three points. They're three-point favorites at home. Uh, Parker, can we finally get a Jonathan Taylor breakout game here uh, to kind of maybe get the Titans to win here on the road, or who are you taking here? Yeah, this one's kind of a toss-up because you've got two teams that are kind of battling back from disappointing starts to the season. Um, I'm going to take... I'm going to take Tennessee on the road to to go in to uh, Indianapolis and win. But I still think that Jonathan Taylor has a good game. Okay. And Josh? I'm really torn on this one because these are both – like they're both two teams that people expected to be really good this season, and they both have not looked uh, anywhere up to what we expected. Um I'll, man, I'll, this is tough. I'll take the Titans as well. I'll take, I'll take the Titans. Yeah, pretty interesting. Both of these teams haven't really performed to uh, what they thought they would, uh, what we thought they would. But uh, Tony, what do you, what do you say on this? Damn. Um, I'm really torn on this one as well. I'm, I want to pick Tennessee. Um I'm really concerned just – well, I'm not really concerned, but I'm just I'm, – I'm pretty concerned about that offense that they got shut out in the second half last week against um, Vegas. Um, so definitely got to improve there. But I, I really – I really – I'll go Tennessee on this one as well. I just – if I had this straight up, I would trust Tannehill and Henry over uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, you guys you guys make good points, especially, uh, Tony, the Matt Ryan point. I don't think Matt Ryan's having a good season, but they found a way to – I don't know. They, they found a way to beat the Chiefs at home, which is ludicrous to me. Maybe that right. win kind of jolts them up uh, and kind of gets them 
um, back to the winning ways because right now they're one, one, and one. So that's as <laughs> mediocre as you can get. Um, yeah, maybe they take a step forward, <laughs> right, against a division opponent. Um, I think I think the Colts take this one at home, and maybe they try to get Jonathan Taylor more involved. And I'm hopefully I'm just speaking the speaking this into existence because I have him on one of my teams. But uh, we'll just uh, move on. Uh, I think the Colts uh, take this one and cover. Um, Parker, we'll start with you on this one. We have the Bears traveling to New York to face Daniel Jones and the Giants. The Giants are favored to win by three points. Yeah, um, I can't. I can't pick the Bears, honestly. I mean, they might win, but I, I based on their offense right now, they, they can't even get 100, 100 passing yards. And I don't think our defense is going to be that lucky uh, in two games in a row. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we go to New York and we lose. I think New York uh, covers. Okay. And Josh? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take the Giants as well in this one. Okay. And I'll take the Giants third. <laughs> Come on, guys. I mean, nope. bear down here. Let's go. Khalil Herbert, he's a tank. I'm taking him on the road. I think they're going to take that run game to New York, and I think they're going to open some passing <laughs> um, seams up for uh, Justin Fields. And I think he's going to deliver two touchdowns here uh, on the road. Really? I'm taking the Bears. I'm taking the Bears. That's what you said on Sunday, too. That's what you said on Sunday, too. <laughs> And they ended up winning, so I guess you'll take and that. And they ended up going two picks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, 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 I think the Bears win. I, I don't know if uh, David Montgomery plays, but I think Khalil Harvard is a, a fine, fine backup. Um, and I think they take that game on the road. Um, but oh, so, so actually, I have this wrong. It looks like I have the Bears. Uh, this is not cover, yeah. cover. All right, while I fix this up, uh, Jaguars at Eagles. Eagles are favored to win by six and a half. That should be a good one, Parker. What do you think? Jags and Eagles? Hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to take, uh, take the Eagles on this one. Um, Doug Peterson returned to Philadelphia. I think it's going to be a not warm welcome for him. I think um, I think that Philadelphia offense is going gonna, is gonna to look uh, very nice against Jacksonville. Okay. And Josh? Yeah, I think Jacksonville has actually shown promise. You know, they've shown improvement this year, but facing off against a team that looks like they could really make some noise, uh, you know, in the playoffs and whatnot, uh, I think this is a – I think this game is going to be a reminder to the Jags that, you know, they've still got a ways to go. So I'll take the Eagles in this one. Okay. And Tony? You know what? I'll be the one to say it. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars find a way to get the win on the road. Uh, call me crazy. I don't I don't really care. I'll take Jacksonville. I think they, they catch them slipping. And Doug, Doug Peterson gets them. It's like, you know, the, the Bills, this Dolphins game was like the – get right game for them, you know? Like, you're not just going to cakewalk to a win every week, you know? At some point, the Eagles Something. probably have them a, a get right game, you know? So, mm -hmm. maybe they're due. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Jaguars, they have a good defense, but, I mean, Jalen Hurts, I haven't seen anyone stop him this year. I mean, him at home, I'm, I'm taking the Eagles uh, to cover. Um, I do think highly of the Jags, though, so this is not really on them. It's kind of how 
uh, well the Eagles have played so far this year. Uh, moving on, we have the Jets at Steelers, and Parker looks like the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are favored to win by three and a half at home. Hmm. You know, be Zach I'm Wilson's gonna, return game. I'm going to take the uh, Jets in this one. I think they're going to go to Pittsburgh and they're going to win. I like it. Uh, what about you, Josh? I'll I'll take the Steelers at home in this one, but man, if the Steelers don't pull this one off the Kenny Pickett chants are going to get loud. Like, like it's, it's possible they throw him out there in this game if they, if they, if Trubisky struggles, or at least I think. I mean, no offense, but, like, the Jets seem like a, a decent team to face in your first game as a rookie, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think if Trubisky struggles, you know, we, we could see Kenny Pickett sooner rather than later. So, do you say you're taking the Steelers? Yes, sir. Okay. And Tony? I'll take the Steelers as well. I think uh, they, played, they played mediocre in their first home game, but that was against the Patriots. The Patriots always find a way to get a win in Pittsburgh. Um, I think Zach Wilson will struggle just a little bit to kind of get back in the groove of things. So, I think, uh, I think the Steelers win, and I'll say they cover. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, yeah, I don't know if Trubisky will have a good game or not, but he has a good potential matchup. So um, if he's going to ever prove himself as the, the Steelers' number one quarterback, he's going to have to play well here. Or uh, Otherwise, like uh, you guys said, I don't think um, the fans will go lightly on Trubisky. Uh, moving on, we have actually potentially one of the games of the week. Um, the Bills traveling to Baltimore, 2-1 uh, versus 2-1. Um, Bills on the road against the Ravens with Buffalo being favored to win by three on the road, Parker. Yeah, this is probably the game of the week with Lamar uh, playing at the level that he's at right now. Um, that being said, I think it's going to be a good game. I just think that Baltimore is not going to be able to keep up with the offense of Buffalo, and they're going to get a win on the road. Okay. And Josh? Yeah, I think – I mean, I think the Ravens are a, a solid team. Um, but I think the Bills are going to come out a little angry after after last week. And so, uh, you know, I could see Josh Allen, you know, <laughs> like I could see him having a, a career game, like absolutely going off in this one. So uh, I'll take I'll take the Bills minus three on the road here. And Tony? Pretty interesting uh, statistic. Uh, through three games, Josh Allen, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Lamar Jackson, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions. So almost identical there. Uh, I agree with, uh, with Josh, though. I, I really do think uh, Buffalo is going to try to come out and have, like, show purpose and really show um, kind of how they feel because everything was in line for them last week except the point. So I, I, think, I think this is kind of like a – I guess a revenge game, if you will, just to kind of get back on the. Ken Dorsey doesn't want to break another surface. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So um, I'll take Buffalo. Just want to make sure. Yeah, I, I, I think I want to take Baltimore here. I mean, they're at home. The last time they played at home, they faced the Dolphins, and um, they they did have that collapse. But I mean. They, I feel like they've learned from that collapse, and I don't know if they'll uh, have that happen to them again. Um, this is Lamar's team right now. I think he's on an MVP 
type of season. Um, and I think they are true contenders, especially if they keep that secondary healthy. Um, I think this is going to be a statement win for, for Baltimore at home. I know uh, the Bills are coming off of a tough loss and um, I think they'll play well, but I do think the Ravens will ultimately win uh, this game. So I'll take the upset. Um, I'll take um, uh, the Ravens uh, plus three uh, at home. So that should, I'm not, that's, it's crazy to me that this is a 12 o'clock game. I think they should have put this on right. the three o'clock slate or even uh, Monday night. I'm not sure who Monday night is. It looks like it's the, the Rams and 49ers, which they probably could have switched. <laughs> but uh, moving on, we have the Chargers at the Texans and Parker. We have uh, the ailing Chargers. I mean, if there's a team that needs a win, it's it's them just to keep that uh, morale up. Do you think it happens? Looks like um, the Chargers are... Did I write this game yeah. down? I, I think I forgot to write this game down. Yeah, they are minus five on the road. I think that's a lot um, against a tough Houston team um, with an ailing Chargers team. I don't know if they win the game, but I think Houston uh, keeps it tighter than five points. I think uh, Houston definitely can um, can uh, pull off an upset in this one. Okay, and Josh. Yeah, I'm actually with Parker on this one. I can I can kind of see an upset or potential for an upset brewing in this one. So I'll take the Texans plus five. Uh, but yeah, a neat little fun fact. Probably should have mentioned this before we got into the predictions. But uh, I think so far this year, uh, there's been like at most like three games where the team that was the positive has actually like covered but not one outright. So uh, I think that's pretty interesting so far. Like if a team is plus three, uh, most of the time this season, they've like they've just won the game or, or lost by more than three. There haven't been very many games where it's like they win by two or win by one, you know, those situations. So, um, yeah, so if I actually had to put money on this game, I would – I would honestly probably throw money on Texans money line uh, to pull to pull the upset here, but I'll I'll take Texans plus five. You know, <laughs> why not? And also also remember last year the Texans I believe beat the Chargers in the same type of game Texans at home, and I think the Chargers struggled on the road against the Texans. Um, so I don't know if that's something to keep in mind, but um, I'm sure they don't uh, they aren't going to forget that. What do you think, Tony? Good points. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm I'm with Josh and Parker on this one. I'm I'm just really concerned about um, Herbert's health as well as the guy on their offensive line. Really big loss there. So I I'll, I'll take Houston uh, plus five on this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think that's a lot of points, and I think the Chargers are struggling. It's kind of a thing where you're like, prove it first before uh, we start picking in favor of the Chargers. So um, I'm taking. Um, the Texans um, plus five. So uh, moving on, we got the Cardinals at Panthers. And uh, um, I believe a couple of years, a few years back, it was a playoff matchup between Carson Palmer and uh, Cam Newton. But uh, now it's Kyler Murray versus Baker Mayfield. Um, <laughs> Cardinals, or not Cardinals, looks like the Panthers are favored to win by one and a half. Um, maybe some disrespect for Cardinals. Um, Parker, looks like they're not favored to win. Looks like the, uh, the Panthers are favored one and a half here at home. Yeah, whether they're favored or not, I'm still going to go with Arizona to win this game. 
And Josh? Uh, I also like the Cardinals here in this one. Tony? I'll make it three for three. I'll go Arizona as well on this with this one on the road. And make it four for four. That's the second game in a row that we are um, well, what do you how do you say Josh is predicting against the spread? <laughs> predicting against the line. Is that how you say it? Uh, who are you taking? Uh, I'm taking the Cardinals. So like two games in a row, we're having um a dozen cover. Um, for all of our our picks, so basically we pick oh. against the the spreads two games. Yeah, in a so row. you're got you. Okay, yeah. So you're saying you're saying the Panthers don't cover, right? I'm taking the Cardinals. Right. Right. Um, moving on, we have the Patriots at the Packers, and the Packers are predicted to win by now ten. It was ten and a half, and it looks like the spread is now uh, ten for the the Packers at home. Park, what do you think? Yeah, that's a crazy number, um, especially in the NFL. But um, I'm going to have to go with – wow. I mean, I'm going to take the Packers to win this game for sure. But 10 points? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll Yeah, yeah. give me them um, uh, minus 10. Minus 10. And Josh? Yeah, this is a lot as well. But, you know, I mean, it looks like the Packers are going to be facing off against – Brian Hoyer, you know, so uh, I'll I'll take the Packers in this one. And Tony, agreed. Uh, same same for me. Uh, just because Hoyer's in the in the saddle, I just don't really trust him really much. So I'll, I'll take Packers minus ten on this one. Yeah, I think uh, the Pats will have to rely on Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris to kind of get them through. Uh, their offense and it probably won't last too long, but um, they could put up some of their uh, some of their points on the ground. But uh, I am taking the Packers at home uh, minus ten. Um, now moving on, we have the Broncos at the Raiders. Uh, Parker, just a must win for the Raiders. They are favored to win by two and a half at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders on this one. If if there's a game that uh, that they can get back on track on, it's definitely a game against the lowly, totally Denver Broncos. I like that, uh, Josh. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take the Broncos on the road in this one. Um, I could totally see this backfiring on me, but uh, I would really love to see the Broncos' offense get going. So maybe this is the week that they can really start something up. Okay, and Tony. Uh, I agree with you, Aram, with what you said. I. I... There's no way that the Raiders go 0-4. So I'll, I'll take the Raiders to uh, to win this one at home. Okay. And for the second week of the row, in a row, I'm just saying for the sake of the Raiders, I mean, come on. You got to get on the win sheet no matter how uh, hard you try or how, how you do it. You got to win this game, especially at home. And if you don't win this game, you, I think the, the tires kind of fall off. So this is a must-win for the Vegas Raiders, and it's only week four. So that's a crazy concept, but uh, I am taking the Raiders. At home and now moving on, Tony, we'll start with you on this one. The Chiefs at the Buccaneers. Yeah. Not sure where we're gonna be playing this one, but um I guess regardless of where it's played, who are you taking? Uh looks like the sorry, the bucket the, the Chiefs are favored to win by two on the road. Yeah, definitely a, a big game. Uh Brady versus Mahomes again. Uh both teams coming off are really kind of tough losses. Uh Chiefs thought they had the win in the bag, give up a touchdown. 
Buccaneers, for the most part, were blanketed. They got a late touchdown. Couldn't quite force overtime with a two-point conversion. Um, I, I mean, I can't. Like, I'll say uh, I'll take Tampa Bay plus two. I, I, I have to go Tampa Bay. I, I'm not rooting for Kansas City. <laughs> so I'll take I like it. Tampa Bay. I like yeah. it. Parker, what do you think? Yeah, sorry, Tones, but I'm going to have to go with Kansas City on this one, dude. You're fine. Uh, and Josh. Yeah, this one, like we said, we don't know where this is being played at, right? Like I've heard, I've heard New Orleans, I've heard Minnesota. I don't, I don't know. We don't know, do we? Not yet. No, it's not. Nothing's confirmed yet. Interesting. That'd be cool. Minnesota, Rob, we could go to this game, dude. <laughs> I'm sure the tickets will be cheap, just like the. The game that was with the Vikings and Giants in Detroit Stadium. I'm sure they got pretty cheap tickets. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, considering this will basically be a neutral site game, you know. Um, and the Chiefs, I think they'll bounce back off of that loss to the Colts. So, you know, I'll I'll take the Chiefs in this one. Sorry, sorry, Tony. You're fine. You're good. I don't mind. Oh, Tony, I don't know about this one, buddy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like the... I like the interior line of uh, the Chiefs to really disrupt things for uh, the Buccaneers, oh, yeah. but it could make it interesting if um, Tom Brady gets some weapons back, Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I am taking the Chiefs. Um, so sorry again, Tones. But uh, moving on, we have uh, Monday Night Football with the Rams visiting the Niners. I think they played a Monday Night game last year, same circumstance, but uh, different year. It looks like San Francisco's favorite to win at home by two and a half, Parker. Yeah, I'm taking the Rams um, with this one. I just don't trust Jimmy G, and the Rams just have a little bit more firepower. Cooper Cup alone probably is worth, uh, you know, just his his weight in gold. So he's he's a stud. I like that, Josh. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Rams in this one as well, plus two and a half. Tony. Battle of last year's NFC Championship game. Definitely uh, some revenge on the mind of 49ers, however. Yeah, um, just being just being without Trey Lance and uh, Eliza Mitchell, I think the Rams definitely get the win here on the road. So plus two. I, know. I don't know if you guys remember this, but last year the Rams really struggled on the road against the Niners in a primetime game. Like they flat out stunk on the road, and that was probably the worst we saw the Rams that year, um, Matthew Stafford had an off game. Um, and the Niners kind of just kept it simple with Debo Samuel, running with Debo Samuel to set up some play action here and there. But um, I, I like that the Niners formula, if they can get back on track to getting the ball to Debo Samuel. And again, maybe I'm, I just want to speak this into existence because I have him on my team. But you give the ball to Debo Samuel, a lot of good things can happen, especially I think they do have a, a home field advantage um, on prime time. Um, I, I want to take the Niners here at home, uh, two and a half. Um, should be an interesting game. And if the Niners lose, you know, they go to one and three. So um, kind of a, a big game for them at home. But, uh, yeah, those are the picks, guys. Um, Josh, we'll uh, head to you for some of the fantasy, uh, I guess, starts and some of the duds we saw last week. But uh, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, cool. Uh, appreciate it. So, uh like going into the the studs and duds of last week, if you will, um, for the standouts uh, at quarterback, uh, Trevor Lawrence was actually the fourth best. Geno Smith and Ryan Tannehill were both in the top ten. 
Uh, at the running back position, Khalil Herbert was the best running back in fantasy this past week, which was a bit of a surprise. And uh, Jamal Williams was third. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Pierce both cracked the top ten. So uh, promising for them going forward. Uh, as far as wide receivers go, this felt like such a backwards week for receivers. So I literally listed the entire top ten. Um Wow. Devontae Smith was number one. Mac Hollins with the Raiders was number two. Uh, Hollywood Brown was three. Russell Gage was four. Um, Zay Jones was fifth. Chris Olave was sixth. Then you had Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Then you had Romeo Daubs with the Packers. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie at ninth. And Devontae Hart at tenth. So... Maybe two names that I would expect in the top ten. You know, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Everybody else was a huge surprise to me this week. Um, yeah. And then at tight end, uh, like we expect greatness out of Mark Andrews pretty much at this point as a top three, but he put up 28.9 in PPR leagues, which is just absurd for a tight end. Um, but David Njoku and Tyler Conklin were both in the top five, uh, which was a bit of a surprise. As far as duds, uh, not a huge prize here, but, you know, Joe Flacco and Justin Fields didn't really do much in fantasy. Uh, Carson Wentz finally chilled out. Uh, you know, he had, like, 27 the first two weeks, was one of the top quarterbacks for fantasy. Uh, he chilled out, only had around eight, I believe. As far as running back goes, uh, Raheem Mostert with the Dolphins, uh, it seems like him and Chase Edmonds are strictly – game plan related. You know, Edmonds has been the starting running back for two of these, but uh, depending on the game plan, you know, most of it could start. Uh, Darrell Henderson Jr. with the Rams didn't really produce that well this week. That one's kind of odd to me because it looks like Cam Akers was a starting back, and then they kind of reduced it down to like a 50-50 roll, and it's almost starting to look like Cam Akers is kind of taking a little bit more control of that backfield. So that's that's an interesting situation there. And then uh, both Packers running backs had around five points, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, going into some of the duds for receivers, Sky Moore of the uh, Chiefs, only he had negative two points, actually. Uh, <laughs> DJ Moore only had 2.5 points. Uh, Jerry Judy only had 3.7, and what's been surprisingly a, a struggling Broncos offense. Um, Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney both had 4.3. Uh, Justin Jefferson only had 4.4, and Tyree Kill only had 5.3. Uh, he didn't see a lot of a lot of action in that Dolphins game. Uh, and then kind of duds at tight end. Uh, the only one I have listed, Darren Waller only put up five, which isn't bad for – you know, streaming options, but going to be a top five tight end. Not great. And then Evan Ingram, the only reason I listed him is because he put up 12 last week and people were expecting a lot out of, out of him. And then he followed up a 12-point performance with four points. So, um, you know, and then going into some predictions for the week. Uh, originally, I had Tua listed. I'm kind of questionable about that one now, depending on his, his health status, you know, at this point. Um, but I do expect uh, Jared Goff to do well. Uh, and as I kind of mentioned earlier, I would I would keep an eye out for Kenny Pickett. You know, if you if you 
for whatever reason, have a floating bench spot, empty spot, you know, it might wouldn't be bad to go ahead and maybe reach on him. And then uh, I have Allen and Lamar, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I feel like that game could turn into a shootout. And if it does, both of those guys could have really good days. Um, projections for this week at running back uh, with Swift possibly being injured. Even if he's healthy, I think he'll have a reduced role, uh, you know. Uh, and so I think Jamal Williams will step up. Uh, obviously, we know Khalil Herbert's going to have a huge role going forward. And then uh, Damian Pierce kind of finally having the breakout game. He was one of those guys that was like thrown around a lot uh, as a sleeper pick early on. Uh, it got to the point where he was such a sleeper that he got overhyped and people were drafting him almost too early. But it is starting to look like he's taking control of that backfield down in Houston. Um, and then uh, wide receivers, I like Brandon Cooks and Tyler Lockett this week. See how they do. And then tight, uh, tight end position, I think Njoku and Cochran can uh, keep it rolling. Um, as far as bad uh, or bad performances or projections for this week, uh, I'm not huge on Trevor Lawrence this week. I know he's actually kind of performed well here recently, but uh, I think the Eagles are going to present a, a tougher challenge than anything he's faced this year. So uh, not expecting too much out of him. And then, uh, sorry, Parker, but like I'm out on Justin Fields until further notice, you know. Uh, attempting like 15 passes a game just isn't going to cut it for fantasy purposes. So, I mean, hopefully they can figure things out in Chicago, um, but I'm out on him for right now. Uh, kind of sticking with the theme of the Jaguars, uh, not big on ETN this week. Uh, I do have J.K. Dobbins in one of my leagues, but uh, it's another one of those situations where, you know, coming off injury, uh, like, He's on the bench until he gives me a reason to start him, pretty much. Um, uh, going into some wide receivers, uh, I don't think Devontae Parker has another top 10 performance this week. I feel like that's a safe bet, especially if Hoyer is at quarterback now. Uh, a lot of those Patriots receivers take a hit in value to me. Um, and then uh, I'm, I'm pretty much out on Allen Robinson at this point. I mean, he had one good week, but you know, I was really hoping that he could, he could, you know, find a calling, I guess, uh, with Matt Stafford. But like, it's so clear that Cooper Cup is Stafford's guy, you know. Um, and so he hasn't had very many good performances. Darnell Mooney, again, like, you're better off with Equa, yeah, St. Brown. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and then I've also got DJ Moore. In a couple leagues, but I'm almost out on him at this point. The like he's, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I don't watch enough Panthers games to truthfully tell you what's what's going on in Carolina. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm out on. I'm almost. I'm this close to being done with DJ Moore, pretty much. And then uh, I actually don't have any tight ends for the week after like tight end five. Smith. There you go. Um. Yeah, after like the five to seven range in tight ends, they all kind of blur together. You can you stream your options based on matchups at that point. But yeah, that's all I've got for this week. 
So yeah, that's some good uh, stuff, Josh. I mean, I, I don't know if um, <clears throat> so. I, I want to look at the Giants real quickly. Their fan, their uh, wide receiver, um, Kenny Galladay, and maybe Kadarius Tony. If they do get traded, it might be worth to stash them now um, because I've heard rumors everywhere about uh, Galladay potentially being traded. I I heard something before the game last night that he. Um, or I think the Packers are in trade talks with the Giants in, in regards to, to Kenny Galladay. So if that's true, I mean, I would take a flyer and maybe stash in Kenny, Gall Kenny Galladay. And maybe if he uh, gets gets to play with a high-octane quarterback like a guy like Rodgers, maybe could open some things up for him and maybe gets a, get some more targets and maybe make some fantasy relevant. But uh, other than that, maybe stashing Malik Willis for the future of the season, maybe when um, if the Titans don't play well, they want to, put Malik Willis in there. I think he could get you some yards uh, on the ground, but uh, yeah, that's some good stuff, Josh. And we will start with Parker. Anything to add before we end this thing? Um, The Bears did mention that they were going to be uh, players at the trade deadline when it came to the wide receiver position. So that's another thing to keep an eye on as well. Uh, you mentioned Kadarius Toney. Uh, could see a possible trade from him to Chicago, um, possibly. I don't know if that would align, but uh, the Bears definitely needing any kind of help at wide receivers. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, should uh, make things uh, very interesting with those two players on the Giants. Uh, Tony? I'm just interested to see how uh, this, the hurricane uh, affects a lot of the sporting events this upcoming weekend. Um would be more intrigued to see any more uh, games either get moved up, any games get moved away to a different neutral site, as we were talking earlier about possibly the Tampa Bay game. Um, and, yeah, just ho hopefully uh, everyone's all safe out there. But, uh, yeah, just kind of interested to see how that takes effect as the weekend weekend comes. So. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Josh, are you going to be uh, tuning into that Clemson game this Saturday? It's the game day, you know. Um, yeah, I'm. I actually think I'm gonna go to Clemson this this Friday. Hang out with some friends. Uh, it's it's not a far drive for me right now, but uh, I do have a wedding for a really good friend on Saturday. So, uh, um, shots. <laughs> I'm gonna be there for that. I can't. I can't miss out on that. So, uh, I mean, it is college game day. I'm kidding. Well, I mean, I gave him a hard time about it. You know, why do you plan a wedding during football season, you know? But, right. uh, no, nah, so I'll be there for my friend. You know, he's been a friend for a long time. So I'll be there, but I'll have the game on at the reception for sure. Um, yeah, there you go. Too. So, but yeah, um, our, our guy Ari tweeted out about an hour ago that – uh. The Bills are signing former Vikings and Colts cornerback Xavier Rhodes. So, uh, random tidbit of breaking news, I guess. Um, but that speaks to how injured they are, for sure. <laughs> Already so, in the season. But yeah, so hopefully it'll be a, another pretty good week of uh, football. Yeah, that is... Uh... That's it. Uh, that's all I got. There's nothing else that I want to add. So um, thank you very much for watching and listening. Please subscribe, uh, comment, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> Thanks for listening uh, to another edition of the yeah Guys Podcast. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.